Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 8th day of June 2023. I almost said 2024. Happy Thursday to you, ladies and gentlemen. For those of you following my medical saga, I'm on two different antibiotics right now. I don't know. It's a, I think it's um, a digestive infection. So hopefully, I feel a little bit better, actually, after I just took the first dose. So hopefully that trend continues. But for now, I am still having uh, the throat issue, a little less, though. I still sound sexy, but I mean, not as, not, ladies, you'll be able to drive while you listen to this, this episode, because I won't have my full-blown sexy voice on for you, unless you really want to hear it. And, uh, and I probably have to cough, because doing that makes my voice itch. And uh, I forget what I was going to say. Yeah, but oh, I'm on a liquid diet. I'm on a clear liquid diet, which actually, if you want to uh, try something, there's the Swanson Sipping Bone Broth Chicken, nine grams of protein, only 45 calories. It's in a little nuke cup. It is, uh, it's pretty damn good. I won't say it's divine. It's just chicken water, but it's pretty damn good. Last time I used different chicken water and uh, meh, without the antibiotics. But this stuff has some flavor to it, so check it out. Anyway, we've got a lot to get to today. There's a bunch of stuff going on. We've got a bunch of audio to make fun of the absurdity of everything that's going on. Just let me take a second to remind you about patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com to uh, support the program, if you wouldn't mind. Please. Uh, yeah, I'm with, I'm sans insurance now, so every little bit helps. Um, uh, all right. The, I am on the East Coast, barely. Technically, I'm on the East Coast. And we're dealing with, uh, you wake up and they're like a little thing on the uh, Amazon. I can't even, I don't want to say the name. But the Amazon thing, the girls call it the Amazon when they talk about it because they're afraid that she'll listen. And they somehow set it up so it meows like a cat every time, at least the one in the kitchen. Meows like a cat every time you ask it for something, before it answers. I don't know how they did that. I don't know how to undo it. And they giggle mercilessly about it. So there you go. But anyway, there's a little exclamation point up there. Weather, quality, breath alert, etc., etc. Now, we're down here in Maryland. And we're still getting smoke from Quebec. Quebecois. The Quebecois. Quebec, Quebec, Quebec. When we were in Michigan last weekend, there was a big Michigan fire south of us in uh, Grayling. And the smoke was coming in, and it was everywhere. And it was, it was like 3,600 acres at one point burning over there. It was pretty bad, and we're, like, it was super dry. So we were really concerned about whether or not this thing was going to turn and come with us. Luckily, the, it uh, went another direction. And uh, But they said that on the news that the majority of the smoke was not actually from the fire like 40 miles away or whatever, that it was in fact from the fire in Canada. 
town the hell can't canada get its act together and put put out first of all why do they have any vegetation left it was my understanding that our acid rain was going to wipe out all the vegetation north of the border maple trees maple syrup was going to have to be artificial it was just it was over for humanity and then it turns out that it wasn't and it's not it's weird but anyway put out the damn fire already is we're looking, I'm looking at pictures of New York, and it looks like something out of Blade Runner. It looks like something out of a, a post-apocalyptic movie. And you got all the now with my being sick already, like it's kind of a pain in the butt to go outside. But it's not actually. I don't know. I can't smell all that well. But I do have friends in the area who are saying that it's tough. They can smell it. They can do this. They can do that. So I don't want to go outside any more than I absolutely have to. But in New York, I can't imagine it. It really does look like the fog has rolled. Anybody remember that movie, The Fog? They remade it. I don't even remember who it was. It was killing people in the fog, but there was something killing people in the fog. That's what it kind of looks like, except, you know, liberalism (laughs) is what's killing people in the fog. And, of course, you got your leftists out there, uh, Nina Turner, who ran on the Socialist Party, or I'm sorry, the Democratic Party for Congress, she is saying that it's climate change. It's the big oil companies that are, and she tweeted out a picture of New York. And it's like, do you not, you understand how this stuff works? Now, here's a little bit of a pro tip for anybody out there who's having difficulty understanding this. Looking at you, Democrats. If you don't allow clearing of underbrush, because, oh, we've got to leave nature alone. you got to leave nature all alone. Leave nature be. Who are you to mess with nature? If that's, it's weird because, uh, when it comes to Mother Nature and trees and things, they're all like, you got to leave nature alone. When it comes to a 14-year-old going, I don't know, I'm not sure if I'm a dude or not. I go, all right, well, let's just lop off that penis and we'll call it a day. Let's, you can mess with nature under certain circumstances, but you're supposed to leave nature alone. That's weird because both instances, the left, the Democrats, the progressive people are on the side that actually damages people. It actually damages people, cutting off their genitalia, butchering their bodies, sterilizing them, whatever, however far they're allowed to take it before somebody sane steps in. Or you've got the refusal to clear cut, to cut brush, to cut. You can cut pathways through forests and make sure that if a fire does start, it's already got a good chance of being contained. But no, you can't touch anything. You're not allowed to take one pine needle off. As somebody who spent the weekend cutting a bunch of pine needles down, cutting down a bunch of trees that were just dry as a bone. I'm telling you, if somebody threw a cigarette butt out there in Gaylord, it would catch on fire. It just would. It would be a disaster. So you need to go through. You need to clear out these things. You need to have some... Look, you're not going to stop everything, but if you're going to sit there and whine and complain about the smoke in New York City... And be an environmentalist who says, we've got to leave Mother Nature be, and oh my God, controlled burnings, and blah, 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 those are just terrible. The people who manage forests know what they're doing if they're allowed to do it. Are there times when some things get out of control? Of course there are. There's times that everything gets out of control, but the vast majority of the time, they know what they're doing, they control it quite well, and they prevent 
horrible, horrible disasters. So if you go outside, if you're on the East Coast, particularly the Northeast and further Northeast, and you inhale a whole bunch of campfire from a thousand miles away, thank a Democrat for it. They're the ones who did it for you. All right. There was big breaking news in the media world today. Now, I hate to say that I called it, but I called it. My column on Tuesday at Town Hall was pretty unambiguous about Chris Licht. His time was uh, ticking. It was over. He has no control over CNN. It was a disgrace. And having a different person, a different physical body implementing the same crap is not going to change the results. Having a different person take the same people and move them around in a different order is not going to make them likable. Nobody thought, I can't stand that Don Lemon. He's a lion sack of crap at night. But boy, howdy, he is a bastion of truth. He is just a shining cup of coffee for me when I wake up first thing in the morning. Nobody. Nobody thought that. Poppy Harlow, I don't really have a problem with. Poppy Harlow is pleasant. She's a liberal, but she's not in your face about it. Caitlin Collins, not a fan at all. Caitlin, and to think that Chris Licht thought that she would be a good primetime host is a reason enough why she uh, he should have been fired. She has no person, zero personality. She spends most of her time desperately trying to make up for the fact that she came up through the Daily Caller, right? Yeah, I, I knew her a little bit from the Daily Caller, not a lot, but I don't know anybody who was super impressed with her. And her thing was, oh, uh, she had to make up for working at the Daily Caller. And so she went uber leftist. I don't know if she's an uber leftist. I don't think she was ever uber conservative. I think she was whatever she needed to be and whatever would get her a job at the time, my personal opinion. But if you watch that Trump town hall, she's not super quick on her feet. I didn't see somebody who was super quick on their feet. I didn't see somebody who knew the issues of the day. I heard somebody insisting they knew the issues of the day, but somebody being wildly wrong about them and making a, a clown of themselves and somebody taking lines and information fed to their ear through an IFB. That's not the makings of a stellar primetime host. I don't think I looked up the other day what the uh, when I wrote that column, what the primetime lineup was. And at nine o'clock and 10 o'clock, it's just like CNN prime. So sad. So pathetic. So I don't think they moved her there. I don't know if Chris Licht had his brakes pumped on moving that or if after the uh, town hall debate, which is really what it was, and she got her clock cleaned by Donald Trump, um, he rethought it and said, oh, crap, we got to do it. Plus, all the people at CNN, the Christian on pores and all the horrible people that work at CNN who are calling for Chris Lick. The Trump town hall was the only thing that Chris Lick did that was actually smart, that was actually remotely close to journalism. And I say remotely close because Caitlin Collins ruined it. But it was remotely close to journalism because it was allowing a candidate to speak for themselves. Not a whole lot. Caitlin Collins kept jumping in and inaccurately, quote, correcting them. But It was at least a set of opinions that you simply don't hear on CNN very often. Journalism, if only by accident, one night only. And of course, all hell broke loose and the leftists over at CNN said, oh my God, you can't do that. Realistically, if Chris Licht wanted to keep his job, he should have fired Christian Amanpour when she gave a speech slamming him and CNN for running the town hall. 
a couple of weeks ago at the Columbia School of Journalism. He should have fired her immediately for insubordination. Simple as that. If you are the boss, if you're going to be the boss, you damn well better act like the boss. And if you are the boss, but you refuse to act like the boss and you tolerate insubordination like that, then nobody is going to have respect for you. Nobody. So there you go. Chris Licht is out at CNN. They've got some woman in there, apparently on a temporary basis. And honestly, honestly, they should hire me because to tell you the truth, I would want exactly what they need. I would change any of the networks to be exactly what I think they should be with journalists, with reporters, get a lot more reporters, get a lot fewer uh, contributors, fire most of the contributors, never, ever, ever have a host interview another host, different show, promote whatever. You want to do some cross promotion at the end of the show? That's fine. But on a news of the day story, you should never under any circumstances talk to another host on your network. They are not special people imbued with special knowledge. They are teleprompter readers. Get somebody who has firsthand knowledge of the story or get somebody who has done original reporting on it or somebody who's been through similar situations. Those would be the only guests that I would get. Now, prime time, you'd loosen that up a bit to have a bit of a debate show. I wouldn't bring back Crossfire, but I would bring back the concept of Crossfire. And anybody who is out there spewing their own personal opinions, whatever it is, will be reprimanded. And if you get reprimanded twice, you'll be packing your desk. It's pretty unambiguous. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you believe in. I don't care who you have sex with. I don't care what love is love and oh my goodness, I don't like this guy or that guy or this girl or whatever, what this person said disgusts me. I don't care. That is not your job. If you want to take it to your social media account, I'd offer some leeway on there. But if it ever makes it on the air while you're on the clock, or if it's tweeted while you're on the clock, nope, you're gone. You bring in some standards of journalism. You're not going to be able to stamp out all opinion. The biggest opinion mover in journalism is what they choose to cover and what they choose to ignore. One of the best things that Fox News did back in the day when Fox was doing good things was that they had, they did what Rush Limbaugh did. Rush Limbaugh showed you what was on the cutting room floor. They showed you what was not approved, what the left-wing media didn't want you to see. They hated Rush for it, and then Fox came along and took it to television, and they hated Fox for it. Now, seems like a bunch... It, it seems like this... Look, Roger Ailes was a problem at Fox. There's no denying that. All accounts, he was a problem at Fox. He did some pretty disgusting things. But from the way he ran the station, the network was the way the network should have been run, as a conservative network. That's it, period, end of story. It's still kind of a conservative network, but it has no real direction. It has liberals in charge and on the board who make being conservative on certain things a little difficult. It's just a mess. It's just an absolute mess. Like I said, I could fix all of these things probably inside six months on all of these networks. Uh, MSNBC isn't interested. CNN is looking for it. So if you're out there, CNN, I'm ready, I'm willing, and I'm able to come in. Give me six months. Give me a year, actually. Six months to start writing the ship. And a year the ship will be righted or fire me. 
or fire me. Because, damn it, we need some kind of news outlet, an actual news outlet. The other day, ABC was tweeting out pictures of their campaign team. Oh, these are the people who are campaign. These are our producers and reporters. And it was all about diversity. Well, are they any good? Do they know what they're doing? Do they have any journalistic background, any journalistic standards? Nope. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. They're all very diverse. And they will bring their diverse opinions to the... Well, I don't want their opinions. I don't give a damn about the opinions of any single human being who works at any cable news network or broadcast news network. I really don't. I have my own opinions. I don't need some... 25-year-old recent college grads' opinions because history starts just new every single day. No, I don't care. But that's what they do now. Imagine how much, how much would you watch a news program that gave you news, right? A news program that gave you news, Nothing but news. It wasn't sitting there trying to blow smoke up your butt. It wasn't sitting there trying to sell you a podcast to subscribe to. It wasn't telling you to go to a website and watch videos, any kind of show at all. It's amazing to me watching this crap, how much it's all just shameless self-promotion. It starts on radio, too. You got these boneheads. Oh, yeah, don't forget to subscribe to this and to that and go to my website. Are you... A sales pitch, or are you a show? Be a show. Be a show first. You barely ever mentioned Rush Limbaugh. Barely ever mentioned RushLimbaugh.com. It was a subscription. He never mentioned, barely ever mentioned it. He'd mentioned that he was turning on the Ditto camp, but that was about it. He didn't do the hard press sell. He didn't tell you, make sure you download this and make sure you sign up for that and make sure you do the other thing. And oh, I'll never, never sell you nothing. And then proceed to try and sell you everything under the sun. Rush had class and dignity. He didn't make the show about himself. Sadly, far too many people in radio and television make everything about themselves. Go check this out. Go do. Hey, how about you just put on a good show? How about you tell me everything I need to know in the one hour we have together before you go to the next show? How about that? How about you make points and then move on rather than linger, rather than promote? It's sad. You want to know why conservatism loses so much and why Fox is dropping audience. I think people are recognizing that Tucker was really the closest thing, the only one out there doing real news analysis. You got his opinion, sure, but he wasn't trying to tell you he wasn't giving his opinion. He wasn't out there like Rachel Maddow insisting that she is a journalist. She is not a journalist. She is a a grade A conspiracy theorist who has been proven wrong more times than Dick Morris. And yet she's paid $30 million a year to work one day a week. Because why? Because capitalism is bad or something. Anyway, speaking of the leftists, I do love to see a little bit of infighting over there on the left. The Democrats are getting wildly nervous about RFK Jr. Robert Fitzpatrick Kennedy Jr. I think it's Fitzpatrick. The uh, this this is the uh, the hill. Democrats are growing concerned that Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s profile is rising just as President Biden embarks on a challenging campaign to keep the White House out of Republican control. Well, the poor dears, you can hear the uh, the notes of concern inside the reporter's 
words. Kennedy, an anti-vaccine proponent, told you yesterday about, they call him anti-vaccine, why? An anti-vaccine proponent who launched a primary bid against Biden this spring is doing unexpectedly well in some polls and receiving increased, increasing media attention as a result. He's also increasing. Now, he's pulling somewhere around 25% in some of these polls. That should absolutely, against an incumbent president, that should be huge, huge news. Huge news. I don't think Teddy Kennedy ever came close to 25% in 1980 when he was flirting with the idea of challenging Jimmy Carter. But they couldn't shut up about it then. It's a different time, it's a different Kennedy. They're so used to protecting Joe Biden, they, they can't fathom anybody challenging their guy, their guy, their guy. Uh, he's doing unexpectedly well in some polls and receiving increased media attention as a result. He has also been on a press tour this week that included a Twitter Spaces discussion with Elon Musk and a digital town hall with journalist Michael Smirkanish. Uh, question the use of the word journalist there, but whatever. Democrats widely consider Kennedy to be a problematic fringe candidate who freely spreads conspiracy theories. But his relatively decent poll numbers, as well as his media-ready image as an heir to the famous political dynasty, have caused some to worry he could gain steam and potentially distract from the task of re-electing Biden in 2024. Oh, the poor dear. Quote, Democrats would be foolish to mock a little RFK Jr. Every time we make fun of those who hold fringe positions, we lose says Michael Sarasso, a Democratic strategist and former campaign aide to Senator Bernie Sanders and Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. The Democratic Party acting smug never works. That's all they do. That's all they've got. The fringe. What's more fringe than telling kids that they should get their genitals cut off? Sadly, in the Democratic Party, that's not fringe at all. That's mainstream. Kennedy has indeed stirred up some untapped anger within his own party. Democrats have seen him rise to double digits in several recent polls, leading some establishment figures to acknowledge the parts of his message that may be resonating with voters. Who are sorry with voters? Huh. The uh, a recent Fox News survey placed Kennedy at 16% among registered voters. A CNN poll recently showed him at 20% support among Democrats and Democrat-leaning respondents. Quote, take RFK seriously, Biden, Sarasso said. If you don't, we can create a stronger Republican Party that beats us in 2024, like Bernie did in 2016. RFK has the potential to activate fringe anger if we mock them. I really hope that somebody's trying to get this guy on like the Green Party ballot somewhere down the line. Wouldn't that be hilarious? On Monday, the environmental lawyer made a series of unconventional campaign moves that caught the media's attention. He participated in a Sirius XM streamed interview with Smirkanish, where he called himself, uh, quote, an evidence-based person and doubled down on his nonconformist views on vaccines while defending his candidacy. candidacy. Quote, it's not like the Soviet system where the party would, you know, pick the candidates, he said. Actually, it kind of is. I love seeing Democrats sitting there, getting their panties fully wadded, getting upset, getting uh, concerned. Will Joe be able to handle it? What are those Republicans doing? That's why Joe Biden is so incapable of being an effective candidate 
That's why Gavin Newsom is doing. Gavin Newsom isn't stupid. He's corrupt. He's gross. He's a bit of a whoremonger. He cheated on his first wife with his best friend's wife. Uh, just kind of an all-around bad dude, the hairdo from California. But politically, he knows how to lie. He knows how to BS. So we've had these sweet, sweet, sweet nourishing illegal aliens flown out to California. It's telling. And it tells you something about the, the state of the Democratic Party and the desperate, uh, desperation of the Democratic Party. That the governor of California is horrified by the prospect of people being sent to California. People who want to go to California, who sign waivers to go to California. And they go, no, nobody would want to come to California. No, they just don't. They've got enough illegal aliens. They've got too many. They wish they'd go away. They can't say that. But I bet you they're sort of nudging them towards the borders, going, you know what? Uh, Oregon is really lovely this time of year. That kind of thing, because the state is overrun with homelessness, with illegal aliens. But anyway, Gavin Newsom did an interview, a hard-hitting interview with MSNBC. God, how pathetic. If I were, I, I think this guy's name is Gideon something or other, because there aren't all these guys named Gideon. There's some sort of name like Gideon. And he is uh, an MS, and I think he might have gotten his start off. He, well, maybe he's not one of the guys who got his start out at uh, MTV. But he asked in a softball interview, and if you don't ask a single serious, tough question, questioning the orthodoxy of the politician you're interviewing, you are a kiss-ass, an embarrassment, and you should be ashamed of yourself. But he asked... Um, Gavin Newsom about these illegal aliens. Was it illegal to send them out there? Here's the first cut. These flights of asylum seekers that are being brought to Sacramento, there have been two of them now. They've been described as state-sanctioned kidnapping by the Attorney General of, of this state, of California. You tweeted directly at the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis. I want to get this right. You called him a small, pathetic man and asked, quote, kidnapping charges? Is that is that what you believe happened, Governor well, Newsom, that being, Florida kidnapped migrants and brought them to California? I think I'm being generous, small, and pathetic. Uh, very generous. He's just weakness masquerading as strength. Yeah, he's flailing. Desperate for attention. Let's just level set here. Let's level set. Here's a governor from the state of Florida that is using taxpayer money and he had to go to another state to find people under false pretense. I don't think this, I know this. I talked to the migrants, lied to them, took them into another state by bus, and then took them on a chartered flight to Sacramento, lying to them that they had help on the other side, knocked on the door, and they left these migrants right there on the steps. What kind of human being does that? Oh, the poor deer. Can you believe that? He is outraged. He's... Now, what you heard there was what? You heard Gavin Newsom name-calling. That was it. That's what Democrats bring to any debate. He's a little man. He's a this. He's a that. He's the other thing. Okay, why? How? What did he do? Uh, a little man. Did I say that he's a little man doing little things, using taxpayer money to, to make me look bad, to call my bluff? What? Because that's what he did. That is exactly what Ron DeSantis did. Gavin Newsom, Governor Hairdo, has a long, storied, and proud history of declaring the state of California to be a sanctuary state. So why in the hell wouldn't anybody be sent there? 
Why wouldn't you send illegals where they want to go and where people who don't want them around want them to go? Gavin Newsom, in fact, on January 19th, 2018, tweeted the following, quote, let me be clear at real Donald Trump. California is a sanctuary state. We believe in the power of diversity. We have defied and resisted the xenophobic, hateful policies of your administration at every turn. We will do it again. Ooh, wow. Now suddenly they send out a couple of dozen illegal aliens. Oh, they're, they're kidnapping. They're stealing these people. Well, they signed waivers. Meh, but they're too dumb to understand what those waivers were. Really? They're too dumb to understand? So it takes somebody as enlightened as you, Governor Hairdo, to point out how it is that these people have been suckered, right? But you admit freely that these adults um, learned. Now, I would be a little bit more discriminating in the future. If I were Ron DeSantis, I'd definitely keep doing this. But I would only send people covered in tattoos to California. Yeah. Everybody who has potentially any ties whatsoever to MS-13 or any other sort of gang, send them out to California. Why? Because why not? No offense again to people listening out in California. I wish you the best. But get out of California while you can. I just don't get it. Anyway, Governor Hairdo wasn't done. He's still very, very much outraged by what Ron DeSantis is doing. And so he's, you want to talk, he, Ron DeSantis is just a, a tough talk. He's just trying to talk tough. He's got nothing, nothing, nothing. So then uh, the reporter dude, I assume he identifies as a dude. I don't know. Uh, it's iffy. But the reporter is like, well, then Ron DeSantis is coming to town for a fundraiser pretty soon. Uh, is he going to be arrested? Because if you're accusing him of being a monster, kidnapping people and human trafficking people, blah, 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 then should you not arrest one of history's greatest monsters? And then suddenly, Mr. Gavin Newsom, who's sitting there going, oh, these Republicans, they just talked tough. Suddenly he starts to walk back and try and pull a little bit of a, a weasel here. Ron DeSantis is going to be landing in this city later this month yeah. to hold a fundraiser for his presidential campaign. Yeah. Should he be worried that law enforcement officials no. in this state are going to arrest him when he walks off Come the plane? I, now we're getting into hyperbole. I, the bottom line is well, just we're for accountability. I mean, I don't think it's hyperbole. You're the one raising the issue of criminality, potentially. We Potentially, yeah. And we have to do the investigation. That, so, one, it's ready aim, fire, not ready, fire, aim. That's his approach. Our approach is to seek first to collect all the facts, but on the basis of facts of evidence that were provided, and by the way, I didn't take this in the third party frame. I was there with these folks directly and listened to how they, I mean, you know, human beings used as pawns for a guy's political advancement. That's pretty sad and pathetic. And, uh, and so... I, I take this very seriously, and I, as I said, we are not Martha's Vineyard. I love Martha's Vineyard. We are not Martha. This is California, fourth or fifth largest economy on planet Earth. We mean business. And so Ron DeSantis should know that. And everyone that's been part of this, they may have more direct accountability and culpability, should know we mean business, and we're not backing away uh, from getting the facts and holding those accountable if they broke the laws of the state of California. Now, you hear all those weasel words? Well, hey, we're going to do a thorough investigation. Well, how thorough does it have to be? 
you've talked to the illegal aliens, how many times do you have to talk to them? You take if if what you say is true, Gavin, then they've pretty unambiguously said they were kidnapped, right? They didn't want to be there. They were mis- they was lied to. We've been lied to. Right? Yet you've also seen the video of them willingly signing the waivers to get on the plane to be flown to California. What more investigation do you need? Do you believe the video? Or do you believe what you claim the sweet, sweet, nourishing, never-could-hurt-a-soul illegal aliens have told you? I don't know. It's interesting, isn't it? Worth checking out, isn't it? Sure as hell seems like it, but Gavin Newsom won't do that. Gavin Newsom isn't going to do that. Nobody's going to. It's all for show. I do appreciate because, you know, the guy kind of thought, wow, this guy, I'm going to get a scoop here. This guy's going to go and arrest Ron DeSantis. It's going to be awesome. And Ron DeSantis immediately goes, well, I I mean, I'm going to hold him accountable. I won't vote for him. That's what I'll do. Oh, really? You're, uh, You're quite the hero. Um, speaking of morons, speaking of weasels, speaking of bad people, there is an acting Secretary of Labor named Julie Sue. She S S U is the the name, the last name. Julie Sue. She has been nominated by Joe Biden. There's no vote scheduled yet. It's unclear whether or not Democrats are going to support her, but she is acting Secretary of Labor. And as such, there are certain oversight responsibilities that the Biden administration simply cannot duck. They ignore, but they cannot duck. And so she was up testifying before the House of Representatives. And one of her past statements was asked, she got asked about this. And it's really telling that in order to to succeed as a Democrat, you really have to hate this country. You really, truly have to hate this country. And as such, she hates this country. And she said in the past that this country is well, it's economic. It is um, a fundamentally racist country built on white privilege, blah, blah, blah. Well, a Republican on the committee thought it might be worth asking whether or not this potential cabinet secretary actually still believes that this country is this horrible, awful, racist cesspool. Now, it's really simple. You don't have to believe it, and I wouldn't believe her if she said it, but at least it would be a straight answer. She wouldn't look like a clown. But just like Amy Coney, no, not Amy Coney Barrett, uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson, couldn't tell you what a woman was. She could. She knew what a woman. She is a woman. But she wouldn't do it because, God forbid, you upset the uh, the popes over there, the religious sect on the left. So she had to... You know, it's a sad commentary about the Democratic Party that a Supreme Court nominee could have lost votes if she just said, well, a woman is a, a female human, adult female human. The same sort of goes for Julie Sue when Republican Representative Glenn Grotham, Grothman sorry, of Wisconsin asked her about her previous statements. Now, you made that comment in 2005 
We live in a society built on white privilege and systemic racial subordination. Do you still stand by uh, this idea running down America that we're a society built on white privilege? Thank you, Congressman. Um, the other thing I've said and said much more recently is that um, we are a nation where uh, the American dream uh, has, was available to certainly my family. Right? It's not just abstract. Do you regret saying that? It's kind of an inflammatory thing to say about our country. Do you, do you still believe that? Will you, will you recant that? statement? Well, I will certainly say that um, in all the things that we've talked about today, in the work that I've done, in my record over the last two years as Deputy Secretary, but also the decades before, I do believe in equal opportunity for all communities. And yeah, I know. You, you made an inflammatory statement saying that our society is built on white privilege. Could, could you comment on that, or do you regret saying this? I think what you're noting is that this is a nation of opportunity, and that is, I, I, I believe that. I am a product of that. I am grateful for that. And I also believe that the work of the Department of Labor is to make sure that there are opportunities for everybody who is looking for a good job. It doesn't matter, you know, where you live thank or where you. you're from. Thank you, Ms. Sue. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I had to jump in there and save her. I had to jump in there and say, thank you, thank you. The gentleman's time has expired. Let's just uh, move on there. She can't bring herself to say, no, this country isn't fundamentally racist. Now, she is of Asian descent, and she's been horribly oppressed all the way to the cabinet level of the White House. I don't, I don't know how the republic survives with such oppression. Am I right? Am I right? Of course, Democrats always think that they are the exception, that they are the, they, they're special, but other people who aren't special, who aren't as smart as they are, can't possibly get ahead, which is a scary proposition because they're plenty dumb, like wildly dumb. So I thought that was kind of interesting to see. Speaking of wildly dumb, boy, that really doesn't narrow it down to this administration, does it? Let's uh, talk, because I've been to the grocery store recently. I assume you've been to the grocery store recently. Grocery price, it's almost impossible to get out of a grocery store for less than like 80 bucks. Because you go in, I just got to go get one thing, and then you end up buying five things. You're like at the cash register, and you go, holy crap, where did this money come from? Where did all this add up from? It's because everything is more expensive. Everything is more expensive. Well, KJP... The wildly historic Karine Jean-Pierre, so so historic. Oh, my God, she's she is historic. She should be carved into her own mountain. Forget adding her to Mount Rushmore. She is so historic, she deserves her own mountain, perhaps a range, uh, especially since she's as dumb as a rock, but um, neither here nor there. She was asked about grocery inflation. Here's what she had to say. Today, the Council of Economic Advisors released a blog showing grocery inflation is indeed slowing, with prices of eggs and produce such as vegetables and fruit falling in recent months. As you know, grocery prices rose because of the global supply chain, bottleneck, and unforeseen supply shocks like avian flu and war in Ukraine and also poor weather. Yeah, it's everybody's fault except for uh, the mismanagement of the Biden administration. My question for you is... I. I am familiar with produce. Other produce like fruits and vegetables or vegetables and fruit. Are there other produces out there? Is there some 
other thing i i'm i'm genuinely asking i don't know if there are i think that covers the entire gamut of, of produce does it not milk it's is dairy eggs or dairy is I, I think is that produce i don't know meat isn't produce meat is meat so what in the hell is she talking about and you gotta love the weasel way in which she phrases this always with the weasel words there isn't it they talk about well we've got the the the, the food inflation has started to come down started to come down have you seen it start to come down? I haven't seen it start to come down. Now, the way they define starting to come down isn't the way you and I would define starting to come down. I say it's increasing at 10 cents a week, and now it's increasing at 8 cents a week. In their mind, that's starting to come down. That's the way that it works in Washington, D.C. Well, it's not costing as much. Well, it's still costing more than it did last time. Yes, but it's starting to slow. It's starting to slow. And you may sit there and you go, Derek, you're reading an awful lot into what she's saying there. No, I have receipts. I have Secretary Mayor Pete Buttigieg talking with Chuck Todd, of all people. I don't know if this is from Meet the Press on Sunday or if they're still doing that streaming thing and they bothered to waste Pete Buttigieg's time. But they asked Secretary Mayor Pete about the uh, the cost of things and the debt and the deficit. And Secretary Mayor Pete is really terrible at this. It's really kind of funny, as a matter of fact, because he asks about the debt and the deficit and even Chuck Todd has to call him out and say, well, they, they, we're, we're cutting the, the deficit. They're not actually cutting the deficit, but they're using creative accounting. But it has nothing to do with debt. Most discussions about one or the other conflate the two because it's useful to whoever the politician is trying to make a case. They say, well, we're going to cut the national debt. We're going to cut the deficit. What about the debt? No, the debt's still going to go up. Just so you know, the deficit is the annual deficit, the annual shortfall between the amount the government spends and the amount the government takes in. That's the deficit. It's over a trillion dollars, well over a trillion dollars, if I remember correctly. And then the debt is the sum total of all the deficits. So that's the $32 trillion. Listen to Secretary Mayor Pete try to talk about this. And when I say that uh, historic Karine Jean-Pierre is talking about a slowing of the rate of increase and trying to spin that as a, uh, a victory and somehow a cut in the, the uh, grocery bills, I say it because of things like this. Let's talk about the accumulated debt. Because we've been telling people for so long that accumulating this debt is going to become a... You've had former chairman of the Joint Chiefs, saying it was a national security issue. That was in 2011 with Mike Mullen. Uh, we've been talking about, oh my God, this is going to become a problem at some point. And yet, our economy keeps growing. Our ability to hold more debt continues to grow. Do we have a debt problem in this country or not? What say you? Well, one thing I'll say is that we have been working to reduce the deficit, which is the first step in reducing the debt. Uh, you know, the right, but the debt does uh, keep growing. We've yet to re we haven't reduced it. We've just sl we've slowed the we've slowed the rate of growth. 
a bit. Yeah, I mean, again, that the first thing you got to do if you want to see that debt come down is to get a handle on the deficit. Let's talk about the accumulated debt, because we've been telling people for so long that accumulating this debt is going to become a... You gotta, he's trying to just say, oh, no, we're cutting it. We're cutting, we're cutting. Yeah, but nothing's coming down. It's still going up. Oh, uh, well, yeah, but I mean, you got to, the first thing you got to do, no, the first thing you got to do is stop spending the money. Stop setting huge piles of money on fire, and then you will not end up with huge piles of money on fire. See how that works there, Secretary Mayor Pete? It really is quite a competition to see who is, frankly, the dumbest person in this administration. Who is the by far, easily, without question, dumbest person in the Biden administration? You've always got a perennial favorite, the President of the United States. You've got Corinne Jean-Pierre. You've got really, literally, all of these people. Because why? Jennifer Granholm is not going to win any Trivial Pursuit contest. She's not going to win any IQ contests. It's just not going to happen. But these people, there are there is no zero accountability, no punishment, no nothing for spewing out this garbage, for making yourself look like a clown. In fact, you get rewarded. Secretary Mayor Pete will probably be given a couple extra months of paternity leave. I mean, he's way better on the job, at the job, when he's not on the job. So, you know, what are you going to do? Now I want to, uh, well, do I want to go to, we'll save KJP's next bout of no, you know what? Because this is this is worthwhile. It's from the Chicago Tribune. We'll get to that story in a second. But uh, retail theft in Chicago is a big problem. Retail theft theft across the country is a major problem. As Democrats sit there and try and convince you, oh man, the uh, economy's just doing gangbusters. It's great. Why are so many people robbing things? Why are so many people stealing things? If in fact the economy is so great, why is it that we're seeing so many, say, carjackings in Washington, D.C.? We are seeing massive amounts of carjackings in Washington, D.C. It's something like four per square mile. Washington Post, quote, according to D.C. police data, as of May 24th, there have been 294 carjackings in the city and 40 arrests in such cases, including 25 involving juveniles. That's If the economy's going gangbusters and boy howdy, we need to bring in all these illegal aliens to take all these jobs off of our hands. Um, why are there so many people committing crime? Well, I have a theory. It has to do with the fact that there's really no consequence to committing crime anymore. If you live in a Democrat-controlled city, Hell, you're probably going to be uh, socially promoted in school if you're caught carjacking. You know, oh, you don't you know how to steal a car at 15. You don't have to take driver's ed. That's the sort of insanity we're dealing with. Oh, we we need to understand the plight of the criminal. I'm sorry, I don't give a rip about the plight of the criminal. I want the criminal to go to jail. I think that the plight of the criminal will uh, forever be changed if they get a big old dose of consequences for their actions. Don't you? That's not how Democrats work. That's not how Democrats think. That's not what Democrats care about, any stretch of the imagination. They simply want people to be depressed, 
to be government dependent because they get votes from people who are government dependent. You let people go wilding, no real consequences for their actions. And then every two years, you just got to show up and vote. And I say, well, that's a little bit conspiratorial, isn't it, Derek? Eh, Not really. There's one group of people working tirelessly to make sure that felons, convicted felons can vote, even in some places that they can vote from prison. Why do you think that is? They really believe that any of these people care desperately about the plight of these criminals. And oh my goodness, they're being disenfranchised. No, these people will not do anything, literally anything. The most basic thing at all to protect the integrity of the vote by producing a photo ID. That is a bridge too far. That is an affront. That is racist. That is this. It's that. It's the other thing. And so do you really think they care at all about any of that crap? No, I promise you, they do not. They care about it insofar as it helps them in any way, shape, or form. And after that, they will not care ever, ever. And what's funny is the people in, in Washington, D.C., all they vote 90% for Democrats. The people being carjacked aren't exclusively Democrats, people do make the mistake of going into Washington, D.C. in nice cars. But they, uh, in the surrounding areas, they vote overwhelmingly for Democrats. You vote for your own victimization. And then you probably, well, I don't want to press charges. It's, look, this is obviously a white supremacist society. We'll let the kids go. And then people get killed. And then people get killed. Nobody starts off, or very few people start off with murder. People usually start off with petty theft, and then it gets to bigger theft. Then it gets to violence. Then it gets to bigger theft with violence. And then it becomes murder. If at any point in that process, authorities had intervened, or families had intervened, but that seems to be a bridge too far, authorities had intervened, then, then it likely would not have escalated to that point, either because they would have gotten a taste of what they're facing and going, I don't ever want to go back to prison again, or they were in prison. One of the two. Would some people still go? Of course they would. But anyway, the uh, they don't really care. Democrats don't care. As it comes to retail theft, we have Walgreens now creating a... Th- theft-proof stores? This story from the uh, U.S. Sun. A popular retailer has revealed its new anti-theft measures in one major city, and it's supposed to, it supposedly only has two aisles of products that consumers are allowed to touch. Several shoppers in Chicago, Illinois, weren't too happy with the redesign of the Walgreens downtown. Executives at the company made significant changes to prevent thefts that have been on the rise in grocery stores around the United States since last year, according to CNN. However, earlier this year, during earnings call with Walgreens investors, the company's chief financial officer, James Kehoe, noted that there have been uh, that they may have dramatized the stealing numbers. Quote, maybe we cried too much last year, Kehoe said. Either way, it's too late for that. But this is why all these people should be fired. The Windy City residents are, as the redesigned Walgreens features considerable anti-theft measures. Customers at the location will now be unable to shop for themselves. 
save for two small aisles of essentials. The most, most of the products at Walgreens for that customers pick and choose the items they would like at a digital kiosk and then grab them at the checkout counter after an employee goes and gets them. The whole thing is plexiglass. Last time I was in New York was last year, last June, when my wife was getting a, a producing award. And I went into a Dwayne Reed. And I tell you, New York is a cesspool. It's just a cesspool. I walked through the Dwayne Reed, and there was literally only one section that didn't have plexiglass across it. You could walk down all through the, the whole aisles. Dwayne Reed is like CVS or whatever. There in New York, it's the same thing. Um, maybe it's, it's Walgreens. I don't know what it is. But you walk through there, and everything is locked up behind plexiglass. You want deodorant? You got to push a button and wait for somebody to come over. You you want toothpaste? Got to push a button. You want razors? Got to push a button. You want hair dye? Push a button. You want a comb? Push a button. Weirdly, the one section of the entire store that did not have any security measures whatsoever was the one a rational person would assume needs the most security. Now, what am I talking about? Am I talking about feminine hygiene products? Nope, those were locked up. Talking about condoms? Nope, those were locked up. I'm talking about food. Ironically enough, food was there for the taking. It was there for the taking. If you wanted to go into that Dwayne Reed in Midtown and wipe it out for food because you're hungry, you could do it. The reason it wasn't is because the people going in there and committing massive retail theft aren't hungry. They aren't homeless. They aren't drifters trying to get by. They are organized crime. Not the traditional mafia. It's just crime that is organized. They are organized crime. They are out there saying, you get this stuff. Here's your list of things. Buy these, st- steal all these beauty products. We can sell them for 50 cents on the dollar on eBay or Amazon or whatever. And you don't think these retail giants online know what the hell this place is coming from. Somebody's selling something for half price retail and it's new. There's a pretty good indication that they're not, you know, they didn't decide one day to take their business model and turn it on its head and absolutely screw themselves over. That's hot merchandise. But eBay doesn't care. They're, they're, I'm sure they're going to pretend to be cracking down on it. But they're, they're getting their cut. That's okay. So Karine Jean-Pierre was asked about this and asked about well, the president. Is he aware of this? Here's the exchange. So Walgreens unveiled a new look for their stores. Uh, they unveiled that in Chicago. And it has basically everything locked up, uh, in part because of the theft that they've seen. A uh, recent study shows that uh, 50% of retail workers have seen some sort of retail theft. And another nearly 50% are afraid to go to work. So is the president aware of retail theft? And how come the problems become so prosaic? Pers- Uh, pervasive under his tenure. So look, what I can tell you is unlike congressional Republicans, the president has taken action. He has taken action to deal with with the crime, hiring police officers. Uh, We've seen that from his actions that he's taken to cut crime. 
And he, uh, and it started with the American Rescue Plan. The American Rescue Plan had billions of dollars uh, that went into communities to hire police officers uh, to, to, to make sure that we held, we had accountability as well uh, on the ground. And let's not forget his Safer uh, American Plan uh, to fund the police and invest in crime prevention. So we have taken actions. We have made sure that we do everything that we can uh, to try and protect communities and to make sure that police officers are hired. Make sure that police officers, anybody, who's been hired? Joe Biden is hiring, I didn't, I've been down to the White House, I was down to the White House about a month ago um, for a meeting near the White House. I don't remember seeing a help wanted police officers apply within, but I granted I had only walked around two sides of it. But um, they are insane. <laughs> just try to think of a nice way to put it. They are insane. No, Joe Biden hasn't done squat about it. The real problem is that prosecutors, Soros-funded, left-wing Democrat, progressive prosecutors that Joe Biden doesn't have the cojones to criticize are letting these people get away with everything short of murder. And then when murder happens, everybody goes, oh my goodness, murder happened. Well, we'll throw the book at them if we ever find them. And they rarely ever do find them. That's how you end up with a clearance rate of about a third in Chicago. Because the Democrats don't really care about any of this crap. I was surprised at that question. It's a completely valid question. It's an important question. Especially when you get all these rainbows and smoke blown up your butt by this administration about how, oh, we're creating jobs and we're doing this and we're doing that. And oh, man, it's just wonderful. The economy is booming. If the economy's booming, then why are so many people turning to a life of theft? Well, there are a couple of reasons. The economy isn't booming in particular areas, Democrat-controlled areas. There's also the moral rot in the United States of America. Moral rot in the United States of America that Democrats have encouraged, have fostered, have cheered on. Yes, moral rot. That's the real problem. Joe Biden can't address that because Joe Biden is a corrupt individual who's taken allegedly, seems like there's a lot of evidence. And I think if uh, somebody accused me of this kind of stuff, I'd, I don't know, issue a a stern denial and show a bunch of evidence disproving it to make my opponents look like fools. But they're making, uh, they're, they're just trying to ride out the corruption investigations into Biden. The Obama people are protecting Obama as best they can. They're ready to throw Biden under the bus. They're hoping that by the time the feces hits the fan, that little Joe is too far gone. And the argument will be, look, he's not there anymore. It's we should probably just let this on a mercy killing kind of way. Let this go and just let it go. That's how it goes. Deny, 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 delay, delay, delay. Old news doesn't matter. Show some mercy, have some pity. Meanwhile, George Papadopoulos was tossed in prison because why? Because why? Yeah, nobody knows. Well, we know. Anyway, that is enough for today. It's Thursday. Hopefully the smoke will be gone tomorrow. Uh, We shall see. I hope that you're not uh, getting hit with breathing issues or whatever, and I hope your health is doing well. Prayers are much appreciated on my end for uh, the health and welfare, just a full recovery. This, ugh. I just feel, ugh, you know, just, ugh. 
Anyway, I appreciate it. We'll be back to do it all again tomorrow and then the Week in Evan Review at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast. We'll cover to talk about the news the way it deserves to be talked about. And who knows? Something will probably piss me off by then, and uh, I'll go off on that too. Appreciate you listening. Have a great one. See you tomorrow.